0: This morning, yes, last week we talked about the the title of the message was forget about it. There's some things in life that we just need to forget about. And and the scripture tells us uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, Paul said this. He said, I focus on this one thing. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. In order to look forward to what lies ahead, sometimes you just gotta forget about it. Thank you. You just gotta forget about it, let it go. Is there anything in your life that you would like to forget about, but you have had a hard time forgetting about it? You remember last week we talked about the 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 computer, like when you push the delete button, it's like it's not really completely deleted, but it's still in the memory, but it's gone. But it's not gone. It's kind of like the word he's talking about here. There's no way that we can actually forget about it because it's in the middle of our minds. But God is asking us to act like we forgot about it. And not to allow that to hinder our going forward. Because if I was to run down this aisle as fast as I could, and I've, if I was just looking back and running, I had a horse do that to me one time. I pulled his head around, and he kept going forward, and there trees everywhere. That's not a good idea. You cannot go forward while you're looking backwards and really go where you, want, where you need to go. So there's some very, very, very valuable things about forgetting about the things that drag us down. And if we're not careful, our past will dictate the blessings of our future. The past will dictate the blessings of our future according to how we react. To it. If we let the past run us instead of God's blessing and his future plans for us, then we will actually sabotage the blessings of God. Anybody ever do that before? I think everybody should raise their hands. You may not know it, but we've all sabotaged God's blessings. Because we, number one, we've all sinned, right? We all messed up. Heard a story this past week about a guy named Larry Walters. Uh he uh led a fairly boring life as a truck driver in Southern California until the uh July the second, nineteen eighty-two. So ever since Larry had had uh was born, he was he had dreamed about flying, and uh, the U.S. Air Force had turned him down because he uh he wanted to become a pilot, but he had bad eyesight, and he just he just wanted wanted to fly, the airplanes, but after he was discharged from the military, he sat in his backyard, watching jets fly over, and it tortured him so much because he just like he wanted to fly, so one day he couldn't stand it any longer, and he hatched a scheme while sitting in his Sears long chair. He went out and purchased 45 weather balloons from the Army-Navy surplus store. Did you know that the the Air Force turned him down, but he got the balloons from the Army and the Navy. I thought that was interesting. Uh, And he filled the four-foot diameter balloons with helium, then he strapped himself into his lawn chair with some sandwiches and a six-pack of Miller Lite. You can't make this up. And he and a pellet gun, and he figured that he would pop a few of the many balloons when it was time for him to come down. Larry's plan was so to sever the anchor and lazily float up to the height of about 30 feet above his backyard where he would enjoy being up there for a few hours and pop a few balloons and come down. But unfortunately, Larry knew a lot more about truck driving than he did about physics. (laughs) So things didn't work out like he planned when his friends cut the cord anchoring his lawn chair from his Jeep. He didn't float lazily up 30 feet, and he streaked into the L.A. sky like he was shot from a cannon. (laughs) By the lift of 42 helium balloons, holding 33 cubic feet of helium each. He didn't level off at 100 feet. He didn't level off at 1,000 feet. But after climbing and climbing, he finally leveled off at 16,000 feet. True story. This is a true story. At that height, he felt he couldn't risk shooting any of his balloons (laughs) unless he unbalanced the load and really found himself in trouble. So he stayed there drifting cold and frightened with his beer and his sandwiches, three miles above the ground for more than 14 hours. He crossed the primary approach corridor. This gets better. He he crossed the primary approach of LAX Imagine the surprise of the air traffic controller when she was informed by Transworld and Delta Airlines pilots that they just passed a man floating in his lawn chair. (laughs) Eventually, Larry gathered the nerve to shoot a few balloons and slowly descend. Unfortunately, the hanging tethers got tangled up in a power line, blacking out Long Beach neighborhood for more than 20 minutes. Larry finally got on the ground where he was arrested <laughs> by waiting members of the LAPD. As he was led away in handcuffs, a reporter dispatched to cover the daring feet asking why he had done it. Larry replied nonchalantly, a man just can't sit around. Anybody here kind of get tired of sitting around? There's something inside of you that just, just, you got to let out. Something that you feel like God put in you. It's just burning. Something that God has planned for you. You know that you were made for something bigger. It's kind of tired just, just sitting around. Anybody here that you've been through some tough times, some very, very hard situations, maybe lost a loved one, or maybe, maybe your job situation didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out, or maybe, maybe you got really, really blessed, and your blessing really hasn't been that much of a blessing to you because the blessing didn't turn out to be a blessing. And it's been a distraction from the plan that God has for you. I'm gonna talk to you about. My dad said something when I was growing up. He said, He said, just do something. He said, even if it's wrong, try doing something. He wasn't saying do something wrong, but what he was saying is a man just can't sit around. There's bigger things in this life for us than just going through the motions of life. At some point in time, something inside's got to cut loose and you got to go get out of that lawn chair. One of the things about looking back, looking back can always encourage you to go back. Uh, what you remember when you invited Christ to come into your heart and you invited him to come into your life and, and you begin on this journey that was an unknown journey forward with God and that God was with you and, and uh, I think As we go through life, there are always temptations that come our way to go back to that old lifestyle. And we look back at the things that we did in the past and we think, well, you know, that was a lot of fun. And I hear kids a lot. A lot of kids are like, the the main thing on their agenda is to have fun. And whatever it takes, we're going to have fun. Well, I think it's great to have fun, but I just want to tell you, and I don't want to say this just because I'm the preacher and just because it's the church, but life isn't always about just having fun. Amen. Sometimes life gets hard, and sometimes life gets tough, and you may not have signed up for the problems that you have in life, but I want to tell you something. There's a there's a God in heaven that came down and and Lived on this earth so we could identify with him, so that we could have a a, a a a friend and somebody that we could identify with. That that he was tempted in all ways the same as we were tempted, but he had something bigger in mind for himself and something bigger in mind for us as we walk through life. And it wasn't that he went to the cross because that was his. That was something that was a lot of fun. But I'm going to tell you something. This guy, Larry, he had something in him that he had to just let out and had to let it go. Jesus had something in him that he just had to do. And it was to die for the sins of his creation because he knew he knew on uh, August, of, what is it, the 14th or 15th? Somebody help me. (laughs) Whatever the day is. He knew that there'd be people in Montgomery, Texas. He knew there'd be people watching online. He knew that there'd be having church all over the world and that, he, that somebody would be listening to the call of the Savior and say, hey, there's something in me, and it's called love because love never fails, and I'm doing what I'm doing for you. And he went to the cross not because he was afraid of the pain, but he went to the cross because he was afraid that he didn't want to spend eternity without you. And he wouldn't do anything without you because he loves you so much. You see, I think pain is underrated. If anything is worth something, sacrifice is nothing. If, it, if something's worth something to you, what kind of sacrifices will you have to make? Because Jesus understood that sacrifices were important to him because of eternity. He did everything that he did with eternity in mind. And eternity... If we do anything without eternity in mind, are we really doing anything of any value whatsoever? When we go to work, we should keep eternity in mind. Because when we understand eternity, we understand the value of our coworkers. We understand the value of our boss, whether we like them or not. They're valuable to God. And because they're valuable to God and we're valuable to God and we know that Jesus died for us, then we can love other people the way Jesus loves them. Not because, not because of works of righteousness that we've done, not because we're just good old boys, but because God put it in us, we can love people that we don't... We don't really like too much. Did you know that you can love people... Oh, by the way, God loved you when you were being stupid. He loved me when I was being stupid. Aren't you thankful for that? That God didn't like, you're out of here. No, we made the choice to follow Jesus and let him be the Lord and the Savior of our lives. In Luke chapter 9, verse 62, it says, but Jesus said to him, no one. Everybody say no one. Knowing no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Nobody putting his hand to the plow. Nobody making this, this decision, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the right thing. I'm going to be a part of the family of God. I'm going to be a part of the kingdom of God. You can't go forward while you're looking back. And there's some things in your life that God wants to redeem From you, And Exodus chapter 16, uh, verse 2, it said, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us, talking to Moses, you have brought us out, into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to be the uh, the the uh, the preacher that's the downer <laughs> preacher, but you're probably going to have to go through some desert places before you get to your promised land. You're probably going to have to go through some pain before you reap the harvest of the pleasure and the the blessings that God has for you. There, there has to be an investment into something that you have valued. This guy here, he, he, wanted to, he wanted to fly so bad, he didn't, he didn't care what happened. It's like, I'm gonna fly, baby. It's gonna happen. You know why? A man can't just sit around. I love that. So we look at we look at Lot's wife. Remember Luke 17:32. It says that uh escape for your life and don't don't look behind you. But Lot's wife looked back. She looked back at the at the things of the of the city that God had condemned for the sin in that city. And it it had just become one evil place and God God did away with it. But Lot's wife looked back because she's like, oh, man. And she turned into a pillar of salt. You remember, uh, uh, it says, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Israel uh, was ate up with whining and complaining. <laughs> Is it, I don't know. Uh, for those of you watching online, uh, it's hot in Texas, and, and almost everywhere I go, somebody's complaining about the heat. It's like, it's, it's like and I don't, I don't know, but I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, every year in July and August, it's hot. It's just going to be hot. Whether we complain about it or whether we don't complain, it's going to be hot and 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 I told somebody that the other day, and they're like, "Well, it's hotter this year." Well, yeah, and it's, and it's going to be cooler next year. So whatever, it's always going to be hot in July and August, and then in uh, in uh October, it's going to cool off, and it's going to rain. So what's the point? The point is... Is that at moving forward, we can focus on the problems, or we can keep moving on. I, there's a little, there's a little saying. Uh, a lot of people like to talk about the negative things that happen in church instead of the positive things. Uh, a lot of people want to talk. You know, it's like uh, my daddy told me. He said, a good, a good light always draws a few bugs. Uh, there's always gonna be people who complain, but there's also gonna be people that move forward in the kingdom of God. There's always gonna be people look back and, and there's no perfect church, so don't, don't misunderstand me. This is, this is not a perfect church. We're not perfect people. All, the whole staff is not perfect. We, we all have our problems, but uh, I just say this. If you ever find a perfect church, if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it. Because you'll mess it up. Because we're all here. People say, well, there's too many hypocrites in church. Well, where else are you going to find hypocrites? But church. I mean, that's why we have church, right? I mean, it's because we need help. I mean, yeah, I don't have a bumper sticker on the back of my truck, but I'm going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I stop whining, faith moves us out of slavery of Egypt. they chose feelings of failure the the, the 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 children of Israel, God's chosen people everybody say i'm God's chosen people. so God chose us from the foundation of the earth, so God is not willing that any should perish. God chose. People to follow me. God is not willing that any should perish. God doesn't pick and choose who comes into his kingdom. God's not willing that anybody should perish, but that all, everybody say all. All, All, including everybody, should come to a place of repentance. God didn't build hell so a bunch of people could go to hell and die. He built hell for the devil and his angels, but we're messing it up because it's having to be enlarged because there's so many people that choose not to follow him. But we have to make up our minds that we're not going to be distracted by the the potential offenses in our lives that come our way every day. You're going to always have an opportunity to be offended. Let me say this. If If you're looking for a way to be offended, you'll always find it. If you're looking for an offense, you'll always be rewarded because the devil will jump in on all your deals because he loves it. When you get mad at God, when you get mad at God's people, when you, he's like, I'm winning. (laughs) I'm not preaching much of my sermon, by the way. Oh, goodness. We got to be over in about seven minutes. So Joseph, let me, let me tell you quickly about Joseph. Joseph was a, Joseph, y'all remember the story of Joseph. Joseph was a son of Jacob and Rachel. Jacob was the father, was the son of Abraham. Abraham the father of many nations. God put his hand on Jacob and blessed him. God renamed Jacob Israel because he was the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel, Jacob. Israel, the 12 tribes, and so he, his son was Joseph, and Joseph was the one that the brothers were jealous of because God had chosen and, and Joseph, and, and he was Jacob's favorite son, and so the brothers wanted to kill him, so they put him in a pit. And hoping that he would die in the pit. Well, the Israelites come along. So they went ahead and sold him to the Israelites as a slave. He gets, or he sold him to the Egyptians as a slave. So he gets to Egypt. And the Pharaoh brings him up in his court. And he's doing real good until the Pharaoh's uh, wife tries to seduce Joseph. And, uh, and Joseph isn't having none of it. And then Pharaoh's wife... Uh, uh lies about Joseph. Joseph gets thrown in prison. And then this is a readers digest condensed version. <laughs> He's in prison and uh the uh the, uh the baker, is it the butcher and the baker? Or is it the candlestick maker? I don't, No, I mean it was I think it was the butcher and the baker, right? So they had a dream. He interprets their dream. And they get to go back up and cook for the Pharaoh and do all that. And then Pharaoh has a dream. And they're like, oh, two years later, Pharaoh tells them, hey, don't forget about my deal. And two years later, Joseph's in prison. And Pharaoh has a dream. And they bring Joseph in. Joseph interprets the dream. Long story short, he becomes second in command of all of Egypt. So Jacob's brothers come back because there's a famine in the land, and they come to Egypt just to get some food. They thought that Joseph was probably dead. Who do you think they came in front of? Joseph. Joseph has all of the authority to kill them boys that put him in the pit. But he said this, he said, what man meant for evil, God turned it into good. And we were, I was created for such a time as this. Go get our daddy and bring him back to Egypt because we're going to, we're going to have a feast and, and, and I'm going to give you some places to live. Everything's going to be all right. He didn't take the evil from the past and build on the evil. Somebody needs to hear this. He didn't build on the evil and the bad things that happened to him in the past. And he didn't get bent out of shape. And he used Darla's words, but hurt about it. Oh, you get butt load. Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> anyway so what happened was was that the whole, his whole family was saved his whole family was saved because he chose not to get upset over it he could have sabotaged God's blessing but he chose not to He could have sabotaged the whole thing but he chose not to what's the point the point is is that we all have something in our lives we all have something in our lives that we can choose to live by or we can choose to die by At the end of the story, Joseph said this. He said, what man meant for bad, meant for evil, God turned it into good. My name's Randy Weaver, and there's been a lot of things that happened in my life that I've been stupid about, and I've done the wrong thing. Anybody with me? Yeah, I've done the wrong thing, but God turned it into good. That's what he does, he takes the bad things in our lives and turns, anybody need to hear some of this? Today, a little over 30 years ago, I cut these two fingers off. And you all know I love a rope. But I cut these two fingers off, and I, uh, it was devastating to me. And, and I didn't understand why, because I, I, I really felt honor, honestly, I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do when it happened. <laughs> I felt like I was doing God's will and God's plan for my life, when I cut my fingers off. People are like, "What are you going to do now?" I'm going to keep doing the same thing I did because I don't think I I cut my fingers off because I was out of God's will. I just think the devil trying to kill what God was trying to make good. What happened? 2020, July, the end of July. In 2020, I cut my thumb off. Did you know? Well, first of all, when I cut these two fingers off, would anybody ever lose like a, you lost a finger or a limb or something like that? Raise your hand if you lost something. Okay, now, you might think this is crazy, but I was mourning over my finger. like Almost like they died. I almost felt like I had to have a funeral for my fingers. And then my thumb died, got cut off, and... We Roping down here in the arena, we was breaking in some steers that got my thumb cut off. Again, I mean, we were breaking in steers that belong to Jesus. Steers that we're gonna feed people with. We're gonna feed them steers after we get. I mean, we're like, we're we're like, we're doing God's will. Cut my thumb off. Same thing, same questions people ask. What are you gonna do now? Well. We'll keep doing the same thing I did because I felt like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I can't let what happened to me in the past affect the plan that God has for me in the future just because I got my thumb cut off. I mean, the whole world is full of testimony. You all got your own stories. I mean, Dara, she's got her her stories. I mean, of abuse and, and when she's a little kid. And, and we all have what we would call reasons not to be healthy born again Bible believing uh, devil stomping Christians we got we, we got all kinds of excuses why we can't do it but at some point in time we got to we got to make up our mind that we can't be just sitting in our lawn chair anymore. we, we got to fly. <laughs> and I just want to talk to somebody here today that you're kind of tired of sitting around and you understand there's something in your heart beating for the kingdom of God. That God wants to do something in you. He wants to do something through you. He wants to do something with you. There's something inside of you that, that just like, you just got to let it out. And, <laughs> Let the chips fall where they may. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to serve the Lord. I want the church to stand up. I want us to be strong for the kingdom of God. And I want to put this inside of y'all. Yeah, go ahead and stand up. I know it's good for you. Let's all stand to our feet because the God's doing something in somebody's heart right now. And the difference is, is the presence of God is here right now. And if you've been looking back too long, I want you to know God's not mad at you. He still loves you. He still wants what's best for you. He's got a plan for you. And the plan is a good plan for you. It's a much better plan than anybody would ever have for you. I want you to, I want to do something right now. I want us all to pray a prayer. And if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, maybe if you're watching online and you never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to know the Holy Spirit has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And if you've never accepted Him as your Savior, we're all going to pray this prayer. And I want everybody to pray together. And let's all do it. And if you've never done it before, or maybe if you've done it before and you just haven't been living for Him, say it from your heart. And let's get some stuff right with God this morning. Can we do that? Let's all pray together. Just repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, to show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, I'd like you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time and you got your heart right with Jesus, simply by raising your hand and saying, Preacher, that was me. I, I needed to pray that prayer. Sip your hand up high. Yep, yep. Thank you, partner. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, partner. Leave your hands up. Our ushers our are going through and they want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Yep, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, over here, guys. Right here, guys. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Raise your hand up high. Anybody else? Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord amen hallelujah hallelujah raise your heads up please thank you so much for for being here and prioritizing worship Uh, we can worship through any problem we have if if there's a problem in our life we can worship through it i just encourage you to listen to worship songs throughout the week and don't just worship here at church worship make your life a a a habit of worship throughout all your life no matter what goes on in your life. I just challenge you to do that something. Can I pray for you? Let's raise our hands together and surrender to God, and I want to pray for everybody here. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you'd help us to forget about the things that we need to forget about. Help us, Lord, to cling to the things that we need to cling to. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to what we need to be faithful to. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We honor you, and we give you glory, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody sin. Amen. We love y'all. God bless you. You have a great day. We have a prayer team down here. If you need special prayer, we love you. God bless you.